praying to the Wi-Fi gods. Please have mercy on us. Welcome to Hidden Among Us. I'm your host, Chris. And this is Honda. And welcome to episode 56. Anyway, um, this week has been quite exciting. So for one, um, I randomly cut my finger at work and I didn't even realize until my colleague told me I was bleeding. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh? Yeah, I didn't even feel it though. So I don't even know where it came from. I guess you were doing something, so like you didn't really register it. Yeah, maybe. Like, I think I sliced it when I was opening the the, the cat canned food. Mm-hmm. But I didn't even feel it. Like, I didn't even know. She was like, Chris is blood all over your finger. And I was like, huh? While well, happily <laughs> petting like a cat. And then she was like, Bro, there's like blood everywhere, and I was like, okay, well, yeah, but I didn't even feel it. So it's so strange that usually when you get a paper cut, you can feel the damn thing. Dude, paper cuts are the worst. Okay, they are like, oh god, like take the entire finger with you. Yeah, but this one was, yeah, it was pretty. Like I wouldn't say deep, deep, but it was bleeding quite a bit. You should carry around cute plasters. I wish I didn't have, but like, thankfully there was a mama shop near my workplace. So I just went oh. and bought one. But the ones they had were those, you know, the super elastic kind of um, plasters. The one that's meant to be placed on your elbows or uh-huh. your knees. They, they stretch uh-huh. and they are super sticky. Yeah, those oh. are the only ones they had left. And let me tell you, it was such a pain to remove it this morning. I was like, okay... Never mind. Your workplace don't have plasters. I feel like they should if they have the animals. You're right. We don't. <laughs> we don't have plasters. We we do have like antiseptic powders and creams though. So like I put a bit on, I put the powder a bit on my um wound and called it a day. So I mean I got to wash it with antibacterial, like like the super antibacterial kind of so mm-hmm. so I think I think it's fine I'm going to keep the finger it's it's functioning I took off the plaster just now because I think it's oh okay no it's not really <laughs> scabbed over <laughs> it's scabbed enough so yeah also another thing I want to say is um after last week's episode the um the 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 paranormal one um okay and your windows are open oh my gosh so rare okay listen listen i'm not even kidding you but something happened to like my uncle and also to my mom so okay not (laughs) to my uncle to my at my uncle's house so his wife right my aunt she was up until 3 a.m. Um, doing her work uh-huh. when she heard like strange voices downstairs. So she thought, okay, maybe like it's one of the kids who wanted to get a like, I guess a drink in the middle of the night or something. So she went downstairs because she heard voices and she said 
that it sounded like conversation. Mm-hmm. So she went downstairs and no one was there. And all of a sudden, the television kept turning on and turning off. I mean, but it is so- ghost month. This was at 3 a.m. Okay, I was like, uh is that a witching and, hour? Yeah, I think 3 a.m. 3:33 or something. Anyway, um, the other thing was my mom swears in the middle of the night, um, she saw she heard someone enter her room and she swears she saw a woman with like <laughs> her hair let down. Oh, no. I was like, um, maybe it was me because I did go to the toilet on that day in the wee hours of the morning. So I told her, it's me. It's probably me. And she was like, no, the the lady was taller than you. And I was like, okay. <laughs> the only difference is the thing was taller than me. So yes, uh, we will not be speaking of that entity ever again. Because um, <laughs> stop it. Oh my god. I said we were allies and she does this to me. So um the answer I mean, is she hasn't appeared in front of you, so I guess she's being nice. <laughs> but oh god, but the television turning on and off at my uncle's house, don't is I mean it, it could be something else since it's it is seven months. I don't know. I don't wanna know either, but um there's things roaming outside. Yeah. We shall not think about that. We should think about something more positive, like how the pandas in the Singapore Zoo have a little baby panda now. And it's officially, we, we Singapore officially has a panda. Yeah. It, it's That's, not like, so the baby belongs to us. It's It doesn't mm. go back once. No, it's the parents that will go back. It's the parents are low. Yeah, because they, they were actually sent here to breed and have a successful offspring. Mm. But then, okay, so I guess this is more incentive to have a second baby panda, I guess. If Some not, pandas do have twins. Oh. Yeah, it's just that the mom panda really like only has the ability to take care of one. So they'll neglect, oh. neglect the other. So the zookeeper will have to exchange the babies. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And the mom wouldn't think anything of it. <laughs> no, what I mean is like down the line in the future, maybe there'll be a second baby panda. Because, I don't know, the thought to me is if you send the parents back and it's just this one solitary panda, it's just kind of sad. So, yes. I mean, pandas are really cute. The first one I ever saw was in Korea, interestingly. Like, I never even got to see Kai Kai and Jia in Singapore. But the ones I saw in Korea, they were just, oh my god, they were sitting on like this high platform thingy and they were just eating bamboo. They were so fat. And one of them was just leaning off to the edge and eating bamboo. And it like, it it was like leaning and leaning and eating and it fell off the platform. And I was like, okay. <laughs> it like yeah, fell. Not the brightest. <laughs> Yeah, they fell, it, it fell off, it rolled over, it got up, and then it just walked back up <laughs> to the, the, the platform to eat more bamboo. I was like, okay, this is pandas in a nutshell, I guess. Anything interesting happened for you, Honda? Uh, if me raising caterpillars is interesting, then yeah. Yeah, 
tell us about your caterpillars. <laughs> and then freak you out more. I mean, it's an interesting hobby. I don't think anyone really does it. I mean, so many, there might be people interested out there about raising caterpillars. I mean, definitely. It's not, it's not that uncommon. People do do it. And I guess with the pandemic, you know, people become more sensitive, sensitive to these kind of things. But I was doing this since I was a primary school kid. <laughs> so what do you do? Mm, I, I would just, I mean, when I was younger, I had a lime plant. Mm-hmm. And then I would notice these caterpillars. Then I would just put in, put them in my tank, in a, like a tank. And then just watch them grow and turn into a butterfly. Mm. And this time, because I saw the lime butterfly, like I don't have mm. a lime plant before this in my this house and then I saw a lime butterfly flying in the balcony and it looked like it was looking through the plants that I had so I felt so sad that I didn't have a lime plant and I felt so guilty so I went out to get a lime plant and then a week later then uh, I noticed like had like eggs on it and then I saw caterpillars a few days later so I went out to get a tank See, this is a like very fascinating hobby if I didn't have a paralyzing fear of insects. <laughs> so. I mean, if it turns, if once it pupates and then it gets out of its pupa and then it starts to flap its wings, I'll, I'm also going to be like, nope. Because <laughs> they are quite like, they're a good size when they're butterflies. They're like palm size. Oh, that's too big. Yeah, so I'm like, mm, nope. <laughs> Well, they're very pretty butterflies, and yeah. But I have three right now. I have three caterpillars right now. Oh, okay. Do you name them? No. Sort of thing. No. <laughs> Why don't you name them? You don't even name your plants. That's like lame. Please name your plants. Please this is one of them. Today. I'm closing my eyes. Oh, okay. Beautiful. It's gorgeous. Beautiful shade of green. Okay. Um, please get it out of the camera. It's just Thank green. You. It's like a nice. I am. I have a paralyzing fear of bugs. It's it's really it's not even like, that buggy. I cannot. Insects just no. Like worms, caterpillars just no. Anyway, Honda, this story is very interesting. Um, you say that for all your stories. Okay, but this is a topic that we have never covered before. And I think it's particularly interesting because I have to sit through an entire interrogation and write down what this guy said. Wow. Yes, the dedication. But also because the the interview was just very interesting. So I was like, okay. So um, today's story is about the... Oh my God, I thought somebody brushed my leg. Is it Leo? It was not Leo. (laughs) Okay, so today's story is about the Toronto van attack. Sounds familiar-ish. I think it's familiar because we were... This incident actually happened a few years ago and I think we saw it on TV. We were alive when this happened. (laughs) Okay, Chris. (laughs) Okay, so on April 23, 2018, at 1.25 p.m., Canada's 911 call center received a distressed call. A rented white Chevrolet Express van was seen recklessly driving along Young Street through 
the North York City Centre Business District in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. The van had ran a red light, continued southbound on the sidewalk of Young Street. The speeding vehicles hit multiple people before continuing along the sidewalk for a few more blocks and hitting more people walking on the sidewalk. The van then reached Tolman Street, re-entered the road because the sidewalk was too narrow and that Park Home Avenue drove onto the sidewalk again. The van hit multiple pedestrians along Mel Lastman Square. As a result of this attack, 10 people were killed and 16 were badly injured. Constable Ken Lam managed to intercept the van eventually. The driver was standing next to the now open driver's side door. This driver would turn out to be 25-year-old Alec Manassian. 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 Hmm. Is his name ringing any bells? No. Okay. Well, I think as the story progresses, I think you would recognize who this guy is. So, Alec Manassian was a software and mobile app developer born to immigrant parents. His father had come to Canada from Armenia and his mother was Iranian. Both his parents also worked in the IT sector. Manassian's former schoolmates would call him not overly social and harmless. He had Asperger's syndrome, which I would like to interject and say is no way a reason for what he did. Um, so people with autism tend to have a harder time socializing and sort of understanding um, emotions and like social cues. But what this man did mm-hmm. is it has nothing to do with his autism because it's a morality issue. Mm. Yeah. So this is, yeah. So in 2017, Manassian joined the Canadian Armed Forces, but requested to be voluntarily released after just 16 days of recruit training. He was not able to adapt to military life, which meant that he was not able to adapt to department, group interactions, and even like their dress code. Mm -hmm. A senior military officer did say that there had been no red flags, which is what his classmates also said about him. So there was nothing in this guy's past that could indicate that he would go on to do something this heinous in the future. Yet, he drove a van into a sidewalk, killing 10 people and injuring 16. So here are the names of the people that lost their lives on that day. So, Beauties Renuka Amara Singh, Andrea Nafelk Braden, Geraldine Brady, Chong Sohi, Anne-Marie D'Amico, Mary Elizabeth Betty Forsyth, Chulmin Eddie Kang, Kim Ji-hoon, Munir Najjar, Dorothy and Dorothy Sewell. His oldest victim was 83 years old and the youngest, the youngest victims were 22. Mm. So... During the standoff with Constable Ken Lam, he would report um, he would repeatedly draw out an object from his pocket and point it at the officer. And he would do this while demanding to be shot in the head. It appeared that he was attempting suicide by cop, but ultimately mm. failed. So to everyone out there, suicide by cop is essentially when um the perpetrator sort of 
I wouldn't say intimidate, but sort of does actions to get a police officer to shoot and kill them. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what suicide by cop is. However, despite provoking Officer Lam, the officer went to his cruiser and turned off the siren. Oh, Neo's here to say hello. So he went and turned off the siren. He would then inch closer to Manassian, eventually realizing that the object in the perpetrator's hands was not a gun. He then holstered his own gun and took out his baton instead. Probably realizing that he was not going to get shot by the officer, Manassian eventually dropped the object in his hand, laid down on the ground and surrendered. And this is where things get interesting. And we'll be doing a bit of a deep dive into this topic. Also, if you hear random running sounds at the back, that is Leo doing zoomies on the bed. <laughs> My goodness. So, a Facebook post by Minassian will be found shortly after the attack. In this Facebook post, he identifies himself as an incel. Mm, amazing. Mm. <sighs> Is this case ringing any bells now, Honda? Not really, actually. Mm, interesting. Okay. So, I did quite a bit of research into what an incel is. So it's time for me <laughs> to explain it all because it's very, very fascinating and utterly disgusting. So you'll love it. I know you'll do. <laughs> yes. Um, if anyone else wants to get like super pissed off with the both of us, <laughs> this is your time. Oh my God. All right. So incel is short for involuntary celibate. So this refers to the in inability of a man is usually a man in finding sexual partners even if they want to so being an incel is primarily an online male community on incel on incel forums these men are usually just the easiest way to phrase it is they're just damn salty mm-hmm. <laughs> just really upset Um, They resent and hate women and pity themselves. They are also racist, feel entitled, and support violence against women and sexually active people. They oppose feminism and women's rights and blame women's liberation for their inability to find a sexual partner. They believe that there was a golden age when people married early. So, this, the, the golden age they refer to is a time where people married early, uh, marriage was monogamous, and men were not denied sex because, I mean, the, they had wives to, you know, attend to their every need. Because the, men are entitled. These, these incels believe that men are entitled to sex. Unfortunately, this golden age was destroyed by feminism, the sexual revolution, and technological progress. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> On that face, I was just like, oh God. Incels are predominantly white, cisgender, heterosexual males. And as of 2018, this ideology has become a terrorism threat. 
interestingly, the name, or I guess the idea of involuntary celibacy was actually started by a woman. Interesting. So in 1993, a Canadian um, university student known as Elena started a website to essentially air her woes about being unable to find a sexual partner. So this website was called Elena's Involuntary Celibacy Project. This site uh, was actually used by people of all genders and the purpose of this website was actually for people to just air their, their worries and have discussions about this. So... It was more of a, a support group sort of thing. There was nothing malicious about it. Mm-hmm. And it was a site for those who were socially awkward, who were marginalized or struggled with mental illness to essentially have a safe space to discuss this worry they have. Mm-hmm. In 1987, she would start a mailing list titled INVCEL. In, in, mm. Anyway, so... It, INVCEL was later shortened to INCEL. Elena eventually realized that she was bisexual and felt comfortable in her sexual identity, so she stopped participating in the site entirely. And instead, she gave the website away to a stranger. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, after this, the word she created, INCEL, would be used for something far more sinister. So in the 2000s, there was a board called Intel Support that was founded. Mm-hmm. Now, don't, Intel Support is like a very... <laughs> it's a terrible name, but don't, don't judge this, this uh, message board first. So this uh, board called Intel Support was started, but... Um, it, okay, so this board shared same characteristics as Elena. So it was for people of all genders to sort of add their woes about being unable to find a partner. But the thing with Intel support was that it was moderated quite strictly. So men and women mm-hmm. were allowed to join and misogynistic posts were banned. Oh, okay. In 2003, another message board was founded called love-shy.com. Unlike Intel support, mm-hmm. Love Shy wasn't as strictly moderated and was mostly used by men. Love Shy's and online fringe right-wing communities like 4chan began to increase in membership over the following decade and became more extremist. They began to adopt behaviors from sites like 4chan and Reddit where extremist views weren't strictly regulated and were actually encouraged as a way for them to be seen. Eventually, the subreddit R incels uh, became a very active incel community. It's actually really, really... There's not enough reallys in the world to express <laughs> how disgusting this subreddit was because this subreddit would promote violence against women. It would support rape. And it, Do you think it wasn't just... It? No. Because, uh. okay, I will explain to you um, what happens to this subreddit. But the whole idea of incels is the fact that they advocate, support, and perpetuate uh, violence against women, rape, these mm-hmm. kind of things because they feel as if women are actively not choosing them 
to be partners. They feel entitled in the sense where they feel like women should have an interest in them. They don't care for and respect women's autonomy and the right to choose at all. And like as I as I go on with the story, you will find um you'll get a deeper understanding of incel ideology and also the fact that they have an interesting way of viewing women. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, as I was reading it, the thing is, um, the stuff they were saying, they just used specific words that they came up with as a community, but what they believe in, to me, it was just like, wow, it's, their belief system is nothing new. It's just that they've gone to the extreme with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Reddit eventually banned the subreddit on November 7, 2017. So at this time, Reddit um, had a lot of, they were they were looking through their the community guidelines and they sort of became a bit more stricter on what can be seen. I mean, what is allowed on Reddit and what isn't. So at this point, Reddit was like, okay, this incel group has got to go. And at the time of it being banned, there were over 40,000 members. Mm-hmm. Of course, Reddit being Reddit, the members eventually just created another subreddit called um, Our Brain Cells. Get it? Like, incel brain, brain cells. Anyway, so they created <laughs> another sub, but that also got uh, banned eventually. It took a longer time for the second one to get banned because Reddit was also looking through its community guidelines and was, I think, trying to relax a bit on what could get banned. So it's like a broader you know, broader guideline. So they could get away with it for a while, but eventually they got banned as well. Incels still exist on Reddit, by the way, but they're just, I guess, more co- covert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially for these kind of things. They won't be named very obviously. No. But they exist on every subreddit. They're the kind of... What they do now is they just give like backhanded... Not backhanded. <laughs> they just like to say problematic shit under I somebody else's I do see them post. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's then like just... there'll be a bunch of replies calling that, that person out saying like how every comment is something like this. <laughs> yeah. And then they get super defensive. It's just... Uh, it's a wild ride. Uh, because going on these more, I guess, mainstream sites and congregating as a large group obviously outs them as incels. Um, they began their own closed forums and the largest one was actually founded in 2017. And as of March 2021, has over 12,000 members. Yeah, it's, it's the sheer number of members that frightens me. It, it really is. My God. It was in the late 2010s that the incel ideology became more extreme. And this was because of the rise of alt-right and white supremacist groups. They exist on sites like 4chan, 8chan, Vote and Gab. I have no idea what Vote and Gab is. I've never heard of them I've before. I've never heard of it. Um, incels also exist on gaming chats and the dark web. 
and they exist on all these sites because of the fear of being shut down. In September 2019, after the release of Joker, the US Army warned against violence because if you look at Joker oh, yeah. as an objective film, it is an incel film. But do you remember when um, Joker was released and people were extremely frightened that people were going to get um, inspired by the film and do like crazy stuff? Yeah, I remember like the fear mongering. Yeah, but um, I mean, Joker is kind of an incel film. Think about it. This like socially awkward guy <laughs> who like he he can't get laid and he has this whole freaking fantasy about his neighbor. About his neighbor. It's just dang. It's just also Joker wasn't as I mean Joker Joker as a movie isn't as great as people made out to be. Like I wasn't super flawed by the film. I thought it was great, but not like it was okay, but not Oscar worthy. And I feel it was like it nominated. was overhyped. Like, if I mean, you tell I... me Joaquin Phoenix deserved um the award, I would say yes. But the film as a whole, mm. I was like, it's okay. If it wasn't Joaquin Phoenix, then it wouldn't be as good as it was. It really wouldn't. He he was so good, but the film was okay. But all right, moving on from that. So we'll go back to Manassian right now. So as I said, a Facebook post was uncovered where he basically says, hey, I am an incel. So this is the <laughs> Facebook post. Um, private, bracket, recruit, Manassian Infantry, 00010, wishing to speak to Sergeant 4chan, please. C2324916 The incel rebellion has already begun. We will overthrow all the Chads and Stacys. All hail the Supreme Gentleman, Elliot Roger. What? So a gibberish, <laughs> I will break it down for you. So he uses the terminology Chads and Stacys. So Chads and Stacy refer to popular and good-looking men and women who are sexually active. Okay. Okay. Intel Rebellion, also referred to as the Beta Uprising and the Beta Male Uprising, refer to a violent response to them, to them be, meaning the insults, being unable to have sex. And finally, all hail Supreme Gentleman Elliot Roger. Elliot Roger was a mass murderer behind the 2014 Isla Vista killings in California. It was also an incel inspired incel rebellion killing in California. Mm -hmm. So Elliot Roger wanted to attack attractive women and sexually active men. And this part, like, I was flawed because after the attack, right, the incel community glorified him. He was seen as a martyr, (sighs) like a hero. Mm -hmm. So, um, yes, I watched the police interrogation of uh, of Alec Manassian and it is fascinating because throughout the entire interrogation, he speaks in this very polite manner and um, 
he's like polite, he's cordial, he expresses absolutely no remorse. It's actually crazy to see. Yeah. Online, maybe we can watch it after this, but it's really, I was like, dang, okay. So, um, Alec Manassian's The Investigator, okay, also uses a very friendly tone and he does this to build rapport with uh, Manassian. And he does this primarily to get as much information out of Manassian as possible. Mm-hmm. And um, I was watching this interview on um, one of the Jim Cantuian videos and JCS poses like a very good question. So he asks, so he basically says like, what is the point of this interrogation? Because they have overwhelming evidence to already prosecute and send this guy to jail. Like, there's no doubt that it was Alec Manassian who rented a white Chevrolet and tore through the streets of um, Toronto and killed 10 people mm-hmm. and almost killed 16. But so at this point, it's like, why do the Canadian police need to even hold an interrogation? And it's because um, they need to be able to prove that the prosecutors need to be able to prove that uh, Alec Minassian did this with a clear sound mind so Uh they can debunk an insanity plea if that ever comes up. Mm. Yes. It's to really get the motive behind the attacks because... um, People who plead insanity usually, you know, there isn't a clear defined motive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Whereas a clear defined motive suggests this was pre-planned and Mm -hmm. it stems from like feelings of like anger and Mm. resentment and the need for revenge. Yes. So they they, um, have him in custody and they go forward with this interrogation. So... When Manessian is asked what he was arrested for, he says, I believe I have been arrested for something similar to murder. Similar to? Yeah. Some of his responses are just... Similar to murder? What else can there be similar to murder? Yeah. It's so... uh, Like some of his answers you hear later on, I really cannot tell if it's like a level of delusion or just a very, very deep level of radicalization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The detective asks Minassian if he understands what first degree murder is. And Minassian defines it correctly. He says exactly what first degree murder is. And he even says that it is done in cold blood. Minassian says eventually that he wants to speak to duty counsel. And he was actually advised by his lawyer not to tell the investigators anything. So the lawyer basically tells him, there's only three things you have to say. Yes, no, and I don't wish to answer. But this is an intel who is entitled and like scum of the earth. So obviously, I feel like, obviously he's not going to like, completely listen to the lawyer he has mm-hmm. to gloat because he's doing this for what the glory of other incels and I feel like investigators would know how to easily trigger him into talking you're right and that's exactly what the detective does 
So the detective actually asks him, um, he asks him what he ate. And asking you what you ate, right, is not a yes, no, and I don't wish to answer question. Mm-hmm. So that's how the detective essentially like breaks through to him and gets him to answer because Vanessa answers a sandwich and juice. Mm-hmm. So already he isn't completely listening to what his lawyer told him to do. Yeah. Vanessa tells the investigator that he joined the military because he wanted to learn how to use large weapons. When asked if he if he was in a relationship, Minesin says that he does not wish to answer. He says he likes to play violent video games to let out all his urges, to which the investigator replies, that's what they're there for, right? <laughs> this investigator is, he, he did it so well. This interrogation was very expertly done, but I think this investigator, I don't know how much self, like he must have had so much self-control because mm-hmm. several times he's just affirming um. Minesian's incel ideology <laughs> and like I bet it was killing him to do that but he needed to do it in order to get Minesian yeah. to you know he, to say what happened essentially uh, the detective then goes on to ask about Minesian's school life if he had any problems with students or particular groups of students and to this Minesian says no he never had any issues with any students any um he never had any issues with people in school then the investigator asks if he had problems with girls dun 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 mm-hmm. but venetian says that he had no problems with them so then the investigator goes on to ask about his feelings towards women and venetian says that he is attracted to them and the investigator's response is I find it so funny because he was like, oh, you are? Okay, so you're you're heterosexual? And Minesian's like, yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> like, the way for this investigator to break through to this guy is to, pre- is to praise him for being a heterosexual. It's... Oh, my God. It's so funny. Oh, my God. But when the investigator asks him that if, like, if he was in a relationship with a girl, Minesian... He, he just goes, I don't wish to answer. Vanessa goes on to say that he's upset that women choose to date obnoxious men instead of gentlemen. <laughs> okay. Okay, so the phrase obnoxious men is something Vanessa uh, uses quite a bit. I wonder what's his definition of obnoxious men are. Oh, here you go. <laughs> I will give you the definition. So... Uh, he feels a lot of these, by the way, is exactly things he said. Okay, he feels that it is illogical for women to date obnoxious men. Obnoxious men are women. Oh, sorry, obnoxious men oh, are women. <laughs> <laughs> obnoxious men are men who are loud and outgoing and generally very attractive. <laughs> Something that he's not. I just. Oh geez, Louise. But yeah, so he says it's illogical for, for women to go Why? after these obnoxious men when they can go for gentlemen. You know, the good guys. That's even and, more illogical. <laughs> I know. Listen, like let women 
go after people they like. I know, okay? right? You can be super good looking or you could just be, you know, I guess not freaking Chris Evans level of handsome. But at the end of the day, it is the woman's choice. And I feel like situations where you can like tell a woman no is, for example, if the guy is clearly bad news. Mm-hmm. Right. In that situation, if you're like, dang, maybe she should go for a nicer guy. Like that, that is fine. But obnoxious men are, by his definition, just obnoxious because they're outgoing, they're good looking, they're just everything he is not. <laughs> it's, oh God. And um, Manessence actually had these feelings about women going for, I mean, uh, women being illogical um, ever since he started college. And in 2013, Manessian had attended a house party where he tried to talk to some girls, but they apparently laughed at him and hugged the arms of the big guys instead. <laughs> My God, I feel like I can like Im- imagine this scene. It feels like such a cliche college oh scheme. It's really, I'm just like, oh my God. So that was like the first time he sort of felt enraged by that. He considered himself a supreme gentleman and was angry that women went for these obnoxious guys. So the house party was the defining moment for Manessian who felt like he was being unfairly treated by women. Yes, that few few women who wronged him equals to all women. (laughs) Actually, it's quite interesting because uh, we don't know who those women were. So them hugging the arms of big guys could also be, the big guys could be their partners. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it like in his case, right? I don't even think it was just those women who wronged him. I feel like even though he said that that was a defining woman, a defining woman, the defining moment for him, I feel like this feeling he has had for a much longer time, and it isn't just specific to these women in college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So he felt that certain guys would not get any love and affection from girls. So Detective is like, all right, what do you mean by certain guys? And Manessian says, okay, Honda, um, take a deep breath, okay? Manessian says, certain guys like me who are very nice and act gentlemanly. Okay, sure. The, de- the detective then probes about the guys who feel the same way Manessian does. And Manessian says he does know of several others on the internet, but he deems them as cowards as they would not act on these feelings of anger and resentment towards women. AKA they wouldn't drive a van through the streets and kill a bunch of people. Yes. He's so courageous for doing that. Wow. Oh God. I, I I get into it a bit later, but um, just to say it a bit earlier, but he genuinely thinks doing something like this, like an act of rebellion kind of thing, is valiant. 
and heroic. Yeah. <sighs> Manessian tells the detective that he had um that he's been on 4chan since 2014 where there are other message boards for incels. The general topic Manessian says are just random. So you all just talk about random things. There are several bots. So um this one bot called 9k where they're called space robots and basically they share about their frustrations for young men to lose their, their to lose their virginity. Mm-hmm. Um on poll which stands for political politically incorrect. Um this bot is where they um basically have political discussions with an alt right bias. He literally says alt-right bias. Um, so the detective is like, okay, um, so what are your political views? I mean, essence, like, uh, I, I don't have any political views, but he enjoyed engaging in these um, bots because of the style of conversation. And he says that they're just very <laughs> blunt and honest. And these conversations were like red pill truths about women going for the obnoxious men. AKA everyone was just being misogynistic and hateful towards women. And he enjoyed that. The detective then says that he's done some research about involuntary celibacy. And Manessian goes to define the term stating that involuntary celibacy means that this wasn't your choice. You have essentially been thrown into true forced loneliness where you are unable to lose your virginity. Minasian remembers the exact date he joined 4chan, May 23, 2014, because it was a very significant day. It was the day Elliot Roger, aka the Isla Vista Killing, held a beta uprising against the Chads and Stacys in California. The investigator asked, um, the investigator goes on to ask what this movement, movement was all about referring to the beta uprising. And Minasin says, it's basically a movement of angry incels, such as myself, who are unable to get laid. Therefore, we want to overthrow the chats, which would force the Stacys to be forced to reproduce with the incels. <laughs> oh, that's so gross. It puts such a bad taste in my mouth that just to read it out, holy guacamole, like, Imagine being the investigator hearing that firsthand. Yeah, but it's like, dang, like, the whole idea of these uprising is to kill all these attractive men and then basically rape all the women. <sighs> so disgusting. Because, you know, they'll be forced to reproduce with the incels. Jesus Christ. It's super disgusting. It makes me so mad. It's kind of scary how you don't know how permeated this kind of thinking is. Yeah. I don't know if people around you think that same way. Yeah. And this is where the um the idea of the nice guy, you know, the good guys, nice guys finish last. Like it's it's so frightening because it's it's a sense of entitlement like that a woman, you know, you are entitled to that person. You are the nice guy, so you deserve her. She deserves you. It's never it's never about mutual attraction or mutual understanding, mm-hmm. you know, the kind of thing. It's 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 so one-sided. It's 
Ugh. Oof. Okay. Um, the detective goes on to ask about the Elliot Rogers case, and Manessian says, "I know that he used a gun as okay." Um, forewarning, this thing is freaking weird. So Manessian says. I know he used a gun as well as a vehicle to convert the life status of certain individuals to death status, only to carry the message that incels can't be oppressed. <laughs> the life status to death status. I know, I was like, oh god. The thing is like, <laughs> oh, man, I just, well, the thing is, I'm kind of torn because I don't know how much of this is because he's so deeply radicalized or how much of this is because he's just not a very social person. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I just... Maybe he saw the words on the internet and thought it was cool. So he adopted yeah, that kind of lingo. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Um, It was an incel rebellion, which Manessian tells the detective to call the incident. Like, he literally tells the detective it's an incel rebellion. So, you know, just refer to it as that. Um, The incels actually... So, what an incel rebellion is, is that the incels actually want to attack... They want to launch attacks that will shake the normies. Normies are people who are considered to be normal by society and Minesian calls it unfair. Like, it's a, it's an unfair <laughs> thing for society to label what is normal, which I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I just don't want to agree with him. So, um, in the hierarchy of things, right, the Chads and Stacys are above normies. Because once again, Chads and Stacys are like attractive people, right? And in, in having these attacks that would eventually, you know, destabilize the normies and you know get rid of the chats it will put the incels on top so their main targets are alpha males and any stacys who do not want to give love and affection to incels he says that they would have to be killed um incels also want to subjugate normies to prove that incels are basically their superiors normies will be imprisoned or socially repressed so that once again, brace yourself, okay? Normies will be imprisoned or socially repressed, repressed so that incels of Pepe the Frog types would be deemed higher in status. He said that. I'm quoting him word for word. This is so scary. Like, yeah. internet come to life. <laughs> yeah. Worst parts of the internet come to life. It's funny because the detective is like, Pepe the what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, especially then, if the investigators are like old and they're not really they're not used to like internet lingo they'll be like the hell's a chance Stacey no, the hell's even then, the like, why would you use that phrase like nobody has, nobody uses it ever anyway the detective mm. is like what what's that and like Manesson is like oh you know he, he's like the mascot of 4chan he's like practically worshipped on them <laughs> yeah I don't know Minesson actually had contact with Elliot Rogers um, and they would actually private message each other sharing about their woes and because they essentially felt like they had the same issues, you know? Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he felt proud of Rogers for what he did and for his acts of bravery. He admits to feeling radicalized. Like he literally says that he was radicalized and that he had to take <laughs> action instead of just wallowing in his own sadness. He thought of carrying his own attacks a month after Rogers' attack, but it wasn't until February 2018 that he get into action. So he felt that it was his time and he wanted to stand up to all the Chats and Stacys. So he rented a van from Ryder. So Ryder is like, I think it's an app or a company where you can rent vehicles from. Waited till, waited till April 23rd and then drove through Ontario drove to Toronto to use it as a weapon. He wanted a van because it would be large enough to inflict the most damage. And he thought about how the foundations of the world would be shaken by his attack. (laughs) Okay. So he was confident that what he did would inspire other incels to do the same thing. So he, he essentially thought that his attack could inspire incels to come out, do similar things, and overthrow society. Mm-hmm. While in the van, he thought, this is the day of retribution. It was the only thing on his mind. Minasin says that he floored the vehicle, describing how people were hit and how some, when he hit them, literally rolled over the windshield. And he says all this in this very calm and matter-of-fact <laughs> manner. Then he says the only reason he stopped was because someone's drink splattered on the windshield and he was worried that he might crash the van. <laughs> he wanted to do more, but he couldn't see because of the drink, and so he pulled over. So JCS points out that this methodical and analytical manner of planning and executing actually proves that he was mentally sane. Because okay. mm-hmm. he, he knew what he was doing. Um, remember I said that he had the standoff with Officer Ken Lam? So it turns out the object in his hand was actually his wallet. Um, <laughs> he planned, and he actually admits to this, that he wanted to be shot and killed via suicide by cop. And he actually hoped that the officer would panic and shoot at him. He didn't want to get a gun because he had been afraid that the rental company might check his pockets and refuse to give him the vehicle. And this is where JCS argues that he, the Manesian actually never wanted to get killed that day. And this, this is because one, um, he could have got a toy gun or an actual gun after getting the van. And two, he actually got out when Officer Lam ordered him to. Mm-hmm. So when Officer Lam told him to like get on and surrender, he eventually did. And JCS actually points out that if he actually wanted to get shot, right, he could have continued driving or yeah, driven yeah. towards Officer Lam. That would be a guaranteed shot. But he didn't mm, do yeah. anything of like that. And also remember he says that he stopped because like, there was a dream that splashed in the windshield and he didn't want to crash the van. He was he was more concerned about his own life. Yeah, in the end. You know? Yeah. If he didn't mind dying for his cause, he could have just crashed the van. But he didn't do that. Um, And if you go online, you can actually see the arrest footage. 
And it's very clear that Manassian was, he was really not going to get shot by the officer. Like, the officer <laughs> took time to go and turn off his siren. And, like, you can see that his gun is, like, pointed down. The officer's eyes, like, he turns away. So, the officer already deemed him not to be a threat. Um, and Manassian actually says that he didn't, he didn't want to fight against the officer because he didn't want to get a physically painful experience. Oh he didn't want to get tackled or tased. See, once again, he put his life ahead. Like, it wasn't even really for martyrdom, dude. Like, he, in the end, he still cared about himself the most. AKA, like all incels. He's so brave, right? Yeah. Like, as he said, he's super courageous. Yeah, other people who... Other insults don't do this, they're cowards, what? <laughs> He's brave enough. So at the end of um, Minesian's interrogation, he actually says that he's feeling good. And that's how it ends. So now we'll be moving on to the trial, which was initially set to be in 2020. So at his initial hearing on April 24th, 2018, Minesian was charged with 10 counts of 10 counts of first-degree murder and 13 counts of attempted murder. On May 10th that year, he was charged with another three counts of attempted murder, making it a total count of 16. Um, his trial was supposed to be held on February 10th, 2020, but was moved to March 2, then to April 6th, but was eventually postponed to November because of COVID. Um. On November 10, 2020, his trial was held over Zoom. Manassian pled not criminally responsible, even though he eventually had pled that, pled that he was guilty. Mm-hmm. A psychiatrist who um, is a terrible person, and um, whoever you are, I hope you... <laughs> Your favorite pair of shoes goes missing. So this psychiatrist on his defense team reported that his autistic way of thinking was severely distorted in a similar way to psychosis. And this really made me angry because this psychiatrist was essentially equating his autism to that of psychosis. And... Wow. Like, I mean, after this, right... Um, uh, autism right advocates were undeniably concerned and pissed about it and they came out mm-hmm. to say like what is this like I mean, there's this already so much like misinformed stigma, views yeah. and stigma so their fear was that this was just going to stigmatize people with autism even further mm-hmm. and once again let me reiterate his autism had absolutely nothing to do with um, this incel ideology mm-hmm. it's not because he knew what he was doing Yeah, he knew that incels were looked down upon which is why all this like he had to be part of a subreddit private message Elliot Rogers that kind of thing he never publicly told anyone about it either so that tells you that there's a degree in which he knows Mm-hmm. What he did, what he is doing is not, you know, acceptable. And once again, this has got nothing to do with his autism. And it just angers me so much. 
the, the psychiatrist just went out to say that and it pisses me even more that his defense tried to use his autism as a reasoning for his actions. I mean, the defense would do anything, honestly. It's so shitty. It's, oh, it makes me so angry. Um, eventually, Ontario Superior Court Justice Anne Molloy said that Manassian was motivated by notoria, notoria, <laughs> notoriety, 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 Oh my god. So Manessian was um motivated by notoriety. <laughs> <laughs> And even referred to him as John Doe or Mr. Doe during the trial. So mm-hmm. she did this specifically so that he would not get any more attention. And she also threw out his autism defense. So, you know. On March 3rd, 2021, so a few months ago, he was found guilty on all counts, but the judge deferred sentencing until 2022. This was to await Canada's Supreme Court's decision on whether prisoners could be made to serve... Uh, murder sentences consecutively. And he'll most likely get life sentences. Mm-hmm. After the incident, Canadian leaders expressed their condolences. Constable Ken Lam was praised as a hero because of the way he had handled the standoff with Manassian in a non-lethal manner. Mm-hmm. To this, he just said that he was performing his duty. Lighting at the CN Tower and the 3D Toronto sign were colorless and dimmed for the evening on April 23, 2018, and flags at government buildings and buildings of, point of um, importance were placed at half-mast. There was also an impromptu memorial at Olive Square Park because the site of the crime had been cordoned off. There were several crowdfunding campaigns for the victims of Manessian's attack to raise funds for their families. The city of Toronto established hashtag Toronto Strong Fund to better support victims, their families, first, resp- first responders, and those that were affected by trauma. By December 2018, about $4 million Canadian dollars from the fund had been distributed to the victims and their families from both the van attack and from the then forced shooting that happened on July 22nd that same year. Mm. In more recent news, the recent shooting in Plymouth, England, was also an incel-related crime. (sighs) And this is the story of the Toronto van attack, aka the incel Alec Manassian. And it's just terrifying to know that incels are everywhere they're living among us they're literally hidden among (laughs) us yeah but i think also what is more terrifying than an incel is a regular guy who shares these kind of thoughts the Mm -hmm. nice guys the men who take advantage of their partners who take advantage of their wives you know like these people are more out in society and it's just far more insidious. Like an insult, you look at them, you know they're wrong. You know? 
but it's the people that masquerade as as good people. That's not even masquerade. Like this kind of thinking, or like yeah, this kind of thinking is actually quite common. It is, and that's the frightening thing. Is the fact that it is common. Kind of reminds me uh, of like something I saw on Reddit the other day on one of the Singapore subreddits mm-hmm. about this article about this article by is it, it's either CNA or Straits Time mm-hmm. about how women prefer taller men and or tall men oh, tall and rich yeah. men I was just like what the fuck is the point of this article and then yeah. of course the comments would be like oh women are blah 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 so like it's just what's the point of that kind of hitting just for just to like satisfy clickbait like, so clickbait like uh hitting yeah i mean it's like yeah it's everywhere like this kind of it's that article was disgusting for the sole fact that it was portraying women to be entitled superficial like, superficial entitled um that we you know look for outward appearances and stuff and if you go to read the actual thing right it's very practical you know obviously a good looking person and might I add right when somebody says an attractive person it's attractive to that person yeah I know right you know it's like how I find Paul Rudd attractive but you don't I mean, it's a funny example, but the whole point is the fact that when somebody says that they want an attractive person, it's not like it's personal. A yeah, it's a, it's a personal thing. Obviously, oh if God. you if you want to be with somebody, you must find that person attractive. Like um, these angry what, people, these people are just projecting their own insecurities. Yeah, and okay, so the other things in this article, uh, women were talking about how, you know, they want like a financially stable person, somebody who matches their education um, level, that kind of thing. I don't see anything wrong in that. Like, what is no, wrong with wanting somebody to be somewhat your equal, right? What is the point of having, like, wanting somebody who maybe is more financially stable than you are, you know? Like, mm. we live in difficult times. Singapore is expensive. So, it's it's totally fine to want to want somebody who is maybe richer than you, a rich mm-hmm. person. That is the ideal situation. Right? Mm-hmm. Does anyone walk into a place and go, hey, I want to marry a poor person. I don't mind being poor myself. If I was poor, do you think anyone want to marry me? If I didn't take care of my appearance to at least look somewhat decent, you think somebody would want to... You know what? That kind of ideology is just insult my ideology, what? Yeah, like, when I was reading through the comments, it's just people being salty, like, and to be like, see, women are like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but you see, if you turn the tables, men are going to have the same expectations of women. Yeah. <laughs> so Because <laughs> at the end of the day, it's, it's still a mutual thing, what? So like this kind of articles and the way they word their headings sometimes just very annoying. Cause yeah, it's, people it's, nowadays just read the headings and just run with it, you know. Yeah. No, but the heading was intentionally to demean women. Yeah, that's why. To portray <laughs> women as the bad, as the one making illogical decisions, as Manessian would say. 
it's like kind of interesting because we call these kind of things clickbait, but nobody is actually clicking on these articles. They're getting baited though, so. Yeah, I mean, they get baited and they form opinions based on the headline, but they don't it's actually called, click on the article to actually It's just called the bait, bait. It's just bait, bait. <sighs> yeah, it's... Dang, it's really... Uh, I don't know, it's just... What can we do to convince these people not to hate women? Like, honestly, there's no way. The thing that is terrifying is the fact that our very existence is constantly threatened, mm-hmm. and it should never be. Should it shouldn't be that way, you know? So, oh well. If you're an incel. Bro, I don't know. See a therapist. If you think women should date you and you're doing absolutely nothing to, like, I don't know, want to date women, go see a therapist. Like, this is the thing with these incels. They expect women to flock towards them. Right? Like, Mm -hmm. they never ever want to put in the work I mean, it's uh. I mean, they're they are just thinking, "Woe is me." Yeah, self pity. They just pity themselves. They see themselves as the oppressed victims. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, and the unfortunate reality is, um, women will always have to battle against this, and it's just so shitty because do you think we have progressed so much? And we have women's um like feminism, women's rights, things women are allowed to do now. We've it's come so far. We've come so far. But there's always a lot of other things that hold us back as well. Yeah, I mean the internet doesn't make it any better. Like I mean the internet can do a lot of good, but <laughs> it can also do a lot of bad. Yeah. So yeah. Uh Sad, sad just, reality. Sad reality. But yeah, this is the story of the Toronto van attack. Thank you, yes. Chris. If you enjoyed this episode and want to support us, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, and click that follow button on Spotify. You can also listen to us on Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon, and whatever podcast platform you listen to. And you can follow us on Instagram at Podcasts. Share us a message or send us a story if you'd like. You can also email us at hiddenamongustree at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Stay safe. Stay safe. We'll be adding resources to AWARE. So if you're in a bad situation with a partner, you can help the domestic violence hotline. So yeah, stay safe, everyone.